1: Hi everyone. Sorry for this
2: low quality recording, but I wanted to shout out to say that Eastside Story has over 1000 downloads within the past month. And that's really, really incredible. So thank you for tuning in, and if you're enjoying what you're listening to, please tell a friend about it or leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have any questions or suggestions or someone that you'd like me to interview, please DM me on Instagram at eSightStoryPod or Chiyang Music. Thank you. This is East Side Story, and I'm your host, Chiang Ang. Each week, I sit down with an Asian or Asian American artist working in the New York theater scene, and I excavate their life story, how they grew up, how they got their start in theater, as well as projects they've worked on and upcoming work that we should anticipate. This week's guest is Eddie Lee. He is currently a swing in Hamilton on Broadway and has played all six male ensemble tracks and also performed in the title role twice. I met Eddie at an audition for The King and I when I first moved to the city. We worked together in two workshops for K-pop, and he danced for my music video that mashed up Hosier's Take Me to Church and Spring Awakening's Mama Who Bore Me. Eddie is one of the nicest people in the city, and I wanted to find out how he's been handling his success. Um... And it's been two years, and you've covered every single track, every single ensemble track in, the, ensemble in track. the show. Every single ensemble track. In the show, and very recently went on for Hamilton. Yes. Twice. Yes, second time. twice, yes. Yeah. Two times now. And how was that experience? How did you get that experience? How did you, you know, like, navigate all of that? Yes.
0: Um, crazy. Crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> because, because when I was hired, um, at first I was hired for a leave of absence um, with Hamilton. It was only supposed to be for till that december mm-hmm. um so 6 months um but with even within my first week i think it was my second day they uh our stage manager came to me and was like hey so someone got injured it's an easier track um cuz there's so there's six ensemble male ensemble tracks um one is called the shadow track um because i think he's more of a singer track yeah a singer mm-hmm. track um but so he had injured Shoulder and they were like we're actually thinking like maybe you could learn his part help with coverage and like you'd become a vacation swing in a in the con- contractual sense um, but so they were like you'd learn this part and then until you would debut um, I was hired as Eker um, and then you would continue with that moving forward and I was like yeah sure why not like let me let me do it let me dive in I like want to learn more about the show if, if I if I can mm-hmm. um, so I learned that within a week and debuted in a week. Um, And it's so funny because at the time I was like super stressed about it. I was like, oh my gosh, like, let me be like really right. Really uh, like, let me study and like do all of this. But now coming back to it, I can like, that without like looking at my notes and it's like super easy and i was like i was super str- i'm like glad i learned that first because yeah. coming back to it later it'd be like what am i doing i'm just like walking i'm like can i can like wave in the background and like no one will notice <laughs> um not that i do that <laughs> um, you should and then people should try to so spot try you to spot me. yeah true that's true um but uh so that kind of started, I think, them looking at me as like a, a swing? swing. Yeah,
2: like you weren't hired as a swing. Mm-mm. No, oh. no,
0: not at all. It was just for that leave of absence. Um, but then uh, our dance captain at the time, I then ended up debuting Eaker. Actually, sorry. <laughs> no, yes, please. Like crazy life things. Because when I debuted as Man Six, mm-hmm. um, it was kind of perfect because. That was my sister's last year of of residency. She was going to be moving to Ohio, Mm -hmm. and she didn't know if she was going to be able to make it back um, for my debut in August as Eker. So we were there. My mom actually flew in um, for her graduation was that week, uh, the weekend that I debuted, and they like told me like that Thursday. They're like, "Hey, actually, we, we're gonna put you on for Man Six this weekend." And I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's great! Can I get tickets for my mom and my sister?" And so my mom and sister got to see my first show, uh, and it was like not planned, and yeah. it, ha- it happened to be perfect that I like was story of Eddie Lee's life. Yes. Everything <laughs> unplanned. <laughs> Everything that's like, unplanned. That's... Don't <laughs> plan for anything. <laughs> Everything will happen, whatever. So just like, don't stress. That's your
2: autobiography. Like, you, your name is there. Like, it's, it's procrastination that. Just... is good, but not
0: really.
2: <laughs> Procrastinate like... all you want. All you want. Everything okay. is unplanned. <laughs> you will book Hamilton. Yes. <laughs> Let's do this. Let's write this. <laughs> um,
0: but, uh, yes, yeah, so I then I ended up going on for Eager. It was about like a month and a half in of that contract. And then our, um, dance captain at the time, Voltaire, the best human ever. Um, uh, Also just an incredible dancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, I learned a lot from him, but he ended up um, putting in his resignation around that time. And then they came to me and asked if I would want to take a swing spot since that opened up and it was a permanent spot. Mm. Um, Wasn't for just a moment. And so I ended up taking that and, Started swinging, And it's the first time I've, I've swung a show and I actually really enjoy it. There's yeah. moments of it being stressful um, for sure. But I think body-wise, um, health-wise, like being able to do something different and not the same thing over and over is really important because overuse injuries can happen. But also like I can, I'll take, I'll be able to have like some days off and like can roll out, take care of my body and then like do the show. And then it also sometimes feels like a debut all over again when I haven't done a track for like, three four months (laughs) Um, but um so then i ended up learning all six tracks like probably within within the year Mm -hmm. um and i was interested in in covering um or just like seeing if i could cover or like i because at that point i'm i'm never one to always to put myself out there and ask for things um but i was talking to jenny harney Mm -hmm. um And just chatting about, I was like, if I'm interested in that, like, what should I let them know? Or how do I let them know? And she's like, well, you can just like, like definitely ask them like the worst they can, the worst they can say is no. Yeah, exactly. And at that point in the same spot and I was totally fine being a swing. Um, but so then I I did, I ended up asking my stage manager, um, and she was like, oh yeah, uh, like, um, we'll just have to audition you again. Um, is there a part that you're interested in or what like that you think would be a good fit? And at the time I was like, well, I think, um, Lawrence Phillip younger. It's, uh, uh, something I think I could do. Um, it, uh, and so I said that to her and she was like, okay, great. I'll let casting know and and we'll get back to you. Um, I actually didn't hear, um, for a, a while. And at that point I was like, oh, okay. It was a, it was a no, that's fine. Like, But then she came back to me, and I remember it being, like, a shock for me because she was just like, so we know we have um, a lot of Lawrence Philip covers currently. We, like, don't need that coverage, but um, what's true across – or what's been um, true across all companies is that there's only been two Hamilton covers um, at one time. And when she said that, I was like, wait (laughs) – what's happening and she was like we and it was really great because she was just like you've been doing like so much stuff outside of our show like because I was doing a lot of voiceover stuff that like picked up right along the same time as Hamilton was happening Mm -hmm. and she's like I think you have a lot more to offer than we're like letting you um showcase and and we'd love for you to like audition for Hamilton Mm -hmm. if you're interested and I was like yeah, absolutely. Sure. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I could do it, but I'll, I'll might as well. And yeah. And and
2: audition. And by this time you already know the show at the back of your hand. Yeah. You've done it so many times. True.
0: True. Although the funny thing is like, even though the choreo, the choreography is like two words, but it was funny when I was first learning after the fact, I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know (laughs) these, I know like specific words that I do like motions in, but like the in-between stuff, like kind of gets like a little muddy. And I was like, do I know this show? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, after like being in in a year and a half, yeah. Um, but so I auditioned and and ended up being added as an emergency cover for Hamilton, yeah. and it was it was a crazy experience. That also my debut for that was almost exactly two years later to my debut as Man Six. My mom had booked her flight to come into New York, and she sent me an email that was like, "My flight is on the exact same day." That I flew in, in from 2017, in 2017 for Nana's graduation and everything. Serendipity all around again. It's in beautiful. A weird way. I,
2: I think no, but I, I think it's like good things come to good people, oh, and, I, and I really believe that. <laughs> yeah, and like I think the. I mean, I've not known you for a super long time. We've known each other, yeah. but Like. We've been all like so sporadic, yeah. but every time we get to work together, we get to chat, we get to meet. Yeah. there's just this energy about you that that is just radiant. Thanks. and I think everybody can sense that. Yeah. And and so I think that's a that's a beautiful thing. Thanks. So congratulations. Man. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Appreciate it. I love your your journey from coming from Michigan, coming to New York, and doing the damn thing. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. Right. Thanks. And and, and I'm, I'm very curious as to um I know you, you you said like as a kid you didn't feel any prejudice and then you had like kind of like a slight awareness of like you being Asian in college mm-hmm. like from college until now do you think that has played a part in either benefit uh either benefiting your journey or hindered your journey or it didn't really play a part like what what do you mm-hmm. think that experience is for you and how do you think that is different for you, yourself and and your peers Yeah
0: um in in a way I think it was well, one, I think it was kind of beneficial for me because at that point, all I ever thought was, I need to improve myself, and I mean, it was it's a little bit of like blinders, I think. But I would go out to things that probably I wouldn't have been looked at, um, and and put myself out there, and I think got some opportunities at first that, that helped me along the way. I then talking to to like my peers and and everything started learning about actually how um, how much that impact impacts our community mm-hmm. of like the lack of representation and of how difficult some people um, or how how difficult of a time some people had um, in the audition room and all of this stuff. So I then started to see it, but it never fully. Affected me. I don't think it like shook me in in, in the core. I mean, I know. Why
2: do you think that is? Like when you're aware of it, but then it didn't really kind of affect you the way.
0: Because I think, I think if, if you start seeing it as, oh, people don't want to see me. Oh, I don't get these opportunities. You start thinking of it as unfair. And I think when you do that, then you start thinking or seeing other people as enemies or Mm. as competition. um, As someone that's in your way. Mm. And I think that, is very dangerous because one, it's your community, but two, it's also also to other communities of like um, the Black community, the Hispanic um, Latinx communities. Um, they're also they're also going through the same thing, um, but I think it, it can be so easy to be like, oh, I'm not getting these opportunities, it's unfair to me. And then you don't start kind of branch out to all those other people. um, Because I think maybe it's that what you say and what other people have said about like my radiant personality is I don't see anyone as an enemy or anything like that. Like I'm very open and and, and like to like kind of put myself out there and meet other people. Mm -hmm. And then I don't think I have that competitive nature Mm -hmm. in a way Um, and then I think then you end up getting to learn more from these other communities and other people and like their experiences and then being like, oh, it's the same or all this is very similar or then, oh, that's a problem that's, um, bigger and more in the system than Mm -hmm. it is like targeted directly at you, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, that's why I think, that's why I think it benefited me in a way, um, But then I do also sometimes feel like I'm an idiot for not like seeing things that way or or, um, like seeing the topic of of Miss Saigon and all of that because I remember that was like my first equity show and first time being in it and like I could see it um, for it's not face value but like I saw it, I was like, oh, this is like really a beautiful show and everything but then... To having conversations with other people, that being like, no, it's actually, or it, it pushes a certain story of like white savior, and it's actually like very detrimental to like what we're trying to fight with now with representation. Mm-hmm. And now, now I can like see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not about either or. I think
2: always it's not about like the enemy. It's right. like this is wrong. Everything exists on a spectrum, and I, and, yeah. and I always say like everyone is right. Yeah. and if everyone is right, then who's wrong? I like that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> and it's and, no, it, and it's about and it's about like for example the Miss Saigon conversation. It's about having the conversation that acknowledges that, acknowledges mm-hmm. the problems and the issues that are being brought up, yeah. but not saying like oh, this is a terrible production, don't go see the production, But, right. Like, have an educated mindset going into the production. Yeah. Know what you're seeing, and then have conversation after. Don't just go into the theater, consume the thing, and be like, yay, that was great, I'm standing, I'm, like, clapping, it's yeah. great production, I'm going to leave. Yeah. Like, the whole point of theater, the whole point of art, is to engage in conversation with mm. people, so people can be more educated. Yeah. And if that's, it's, it's, it's for the forward motion of our society, and if that's the case, then... I think Saigon can exist, and I think it should yeah. exist. Yeah. But I think everyone should have a conversation about how it is existing today in 2019. Mm-hmm. Don't shy away from that conversation. Don't pretend that these issues are not issues. Yeah. Like, let's just have a civil conversation about it. Yeah. You know. And it's, I don't. Th- I don't think anyone's trying to like attack the integrity of the show. No one's right. trying to attack the integrity of the production, the right. skill set of the performers, the designers. Right. I think it's about
0: No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I think that is the standard that we're holding a lot of new work up to. Yeah. And I think when we examine old shows like Carousel and mm-hmm. Oklahoma and all these, all these classics that we all think are classical American musical theater, yeah. they're all very Eurocentric musical theater yeah. products. So... I don't think it's a bad thing that they exist. I think Mm -hmm. they've paved the way for the things that are happening today. Yeah. But we all just need to like have a conversation about that and just don't shy away from it.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think especially with that, the Saigon, um, the controversy. controversy. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is probably more so because not that it's not a story that people experienced, Mm -hmm. but it's that all the stories that we've been told so far is in centered that. around that narrative. Yeah. And yeah. so it's it's not saying that it's wrong, but then it's to be like, "Oh, let's get more of other narratives and mm-hmm. other things," which I completely agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Just so then 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 it's okay that that lives there because then you still have a other whole things, library yeah. of other of other stories to Yeah, I mean experience.
2: the I mean the problem is right now in our American musical theater canon for Asian people, it's The King and I, mm-hmm. Flower jump Song, <laughs> Miss Saigon, um pacific overtures and allegiance. Like mm-hmm. five I can count with one hand. Right. Isn't that a problem? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> absolutely So yeah. I think um I mean that's that's part of a bigger system and I think mm-hmm. uh that's something that the newer generation of writers are trying to tackle and I think that's like beautiful. You. Yes. <laughs> I try. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think and, and, oh, yeah, and Bombay Dreams, which no one does anymore. That's oh, also man. an Asian show. Oh, no gosh, one no. no one does it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I actually know nothing about that show. Me
0: either. Um, <laughs> I but so was like, I didn't, didn't I, know
2: that show. I know. So it's like a limited amount of uh, musical theater canon versus yeah. like, <laughs> every time I'm like, I just remember I saw on Facebook the other day, I was like, oh, um, my high school is going to do an all-white production of Greece. Yay. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> And it's, it's like, Greece has been always kind of been done by an all-white cast. And and Mm -hmm. it's just, like, let's reimagine what the... Not reimagine. Let's look at what the world looks like today and Mm -hmm. put that on the stage so that we can all, as a human being... Like, just as consumers of art, as a nation, as a society, move forward with our conversations about who we are as people. Yeah. And I, I think that's what art strives to do. Absolutely. So, yeah.
0: I was actually... I mean... I think what one of the greatest things that Hamilton has added is the fact that anyone can play any part. Mm-hmm. I know that's like in this um, era right now is a little bit, also could be a little bit in a controversial controversial side um, because I think that's ultimately where everyone would like to get to is mm-hmm. that anyone can go in for anything and like use your craft in a sense Within reason, because I think if you're doing,
2: like, if you're doing a show that is set in, you know, in Africa, like, you want if it's very specific to the race,
0: like the color purple, or like, Mm -hmm. yes, yeah, yeah, we 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 get that, yeah. But like, think for stuff like like Greece or like The uh, Little Mermaid, yes, absolutely, (laughs) you should be able to. It should it should not be a, a a thing that perks your ear up or perks your 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 brain to be like, oh, this person this person shouldn't be there because of how they look. Like mm-hmm. that, um, like that's crazy. <laughs> Especially no, for think... the Little Mermaid. Like <laughs> it's a mermaid. It's a mermaid. <laughs> I get like people see in their lens from where they're from. Yeah. So that yeah.
2: makes sense. It's what they're used to. It's yeah. it's something that people, people are scared when they don't step outside of their comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And it's things that the media, it's things that we have been like living with our whole lives like mm. we have always known ariel to be this pacy white girl yeah. with this beautiful red hair mm-hmm. cuz that was the image that was uh, you right. know gifted to us by disney you know yeah. 20 25 30 years ago yeah yeah almost 30 that's... years ago cool. and uh I'm, and and people sometimes aren't willing to step outside of that comfort zone that mm-hmm. is what they know yeah. and that's like this is what i know and this is what it's supposed to be you shouldn't change it right, right. but just don't forget that the world is bigger than what you know. Yes, and we don't know what we don't know.
0: Hey, absolutely.
2: Look at you, like dropping these like <laughs> these coins of of. But it's true, awesome. and I and I think and I think um, it's time for us. I keep I keep going back to this because I think conversation is better than confrontation, mm-hmm. and it's it's always better to have conversation over very 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 difficult topics. Yeah, to broaden your worldview, mm-hmm. wherever you're from. I think there are a lot of things that I personally still don't know. Yeah. And I'm a very Same. metropolitan person, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm very liberal, but I'm also very traditional. Yeah. So it's like, I see, I, I'm like part of the entire spectrum. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's all there, all the information's there, and I... Mm. And everyone is right. Everyone's you right. You are entitled and, to your yes. belief. If you're a racist bigot, you're entitled to that belief. Yeah. But if you're imposing that belief on someone else, mm-hmm. that That's, becomes a problem. Yes. Like when, when we when we have conversation, we're not trying to push my agenda onto you. I'm just trying to share a different perspective. Whether yeah. you want to accept the perspective, that is all on you. Yes. Absolutely. That is all on you. And it's
0: also then when someone's sharing that perspective, it's not an attack mm-hmm. on you. It's like... um. Mm-hmm. That's their opinion. Everyone can have their own opinion mm-hmm. and and still live and coexist together without um, without a lot of contention. Yeah,
2: I mean, and and the pro- and the problems arise when you try to push your agenda onto other people. Then it's like, how do you coexist as people? Right. You know, I, I love right. that word. I think it's like. Making sure that we're all living in harmony so that we don't go into World War III, I know. which just seems so impending. I know.
0: Absolutely. <sighs> yeah.
2: I know. All right. Before we close out, I have a few questions. Okay, sure. Simple, classic questions to round out cool. our time here. <laughs> um, oh. if, you can tell, if you can tell little Eddie Lee one thing while you were growing up in elementary school and middle school and high school, what would you tell him? Oh my gosh! Ooh,
0: procrastinate. It's okay. You'll be in Hamilton. No, <laughs> that, that that's, is the gold coin. The
2: gold standard, right? Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, it, like I, I'm really grateful for where I am mm-hmm. in my life and where, um, like, the people that I that I had around me. I had great friends, great family, mm-hmm. um, great role models, um, and I do know that that's. A very fortunate thing on my part, because not everyone has that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know if I would ever really want to say anything to change it. Um, I think I had, ex- exp- I'm, of course, had like some uh, rough times, dark experiences, and stuff. But I think it ultimately led me here. And if mm. I didn't have those, I don't know who you'll be, who who I would be, or, yeah. or if I would be here. So. I might not even say anything. Might just pat him on the head and keep walking. <laughs> Aww, I think.
2: That's so beautiful. Thanks. That's, that's really beautiful.
0: Um, and
2: my next question is: I mean, I personally think you're very successful, and and some and and, and it's very easy to to have other people like judge your own, mm-hmm. you know, achievements and have opinions on that. But like for yourself, what do you think? Um, how would you determine success and how, for yourself?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's, that's really interesting. I was, I mean, we talked a little bit about this. Um, I guess at the beginning, not directly of uh, like being able to say no or, or being able to take kind of take care of yourself or mental health and mm-hmm. things. Because, well, one, it's interesting because I wouldn't necessarily think of myself as successful. I think I have a, a, a very great career. And I'm actually really grateful for it. Um, I know some people that are like, always like, you're famous. And I'm like, no, I'm not, stop. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think uh, success shouldn't be from an outside perspective because I think that ends up putting more pressure on you, um, which I've actually already been kind of dealing with Mm -hmm. um, uh, between uh, responsibilities to like Hamilton, voiceover stuff, my own career, if I feel like I'm stagnant because... There were some uh, moments where, I, like, um, I'd be like, "Ooh, may- like, maybe I want to do f- film and TV," and I'm like, "This is like the time to do it." But mm. like, if I if I don't get in now, will I miss it? Like, I started kind of getting into my head about that same going, process again. Y- mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that looking at it, looking at um, success from an outside perspective, I think causes more damage then now I was realizing that maybe some of my parts of feeling a little unfulfilled was because I was losing sight of what what I wanted to what I want to gain from life or like I like learning I like pushing myself whether it's physically creatively all of that stuff and and like being in Hamilton is like a huge gift especially because it it, it can be like a Phantom or Chicago that has, like, job security, which we don't have a lot of in, in our industry. Mm-hmm. But I think I was getting a bit stagnant and then feeling not stuck, but feeling like I wasn't growing. Mm-hmm. And then realizing that it was because I was like, oh, I need to be I'm worried that what if I get injured or um, if I'll be too tired to do the show, like being a swing, you don't know if like you'll exactly be on or not. Um, and I was finding myself holding myself back from doing other things outside of it, whether it was meeting with friends, um, cause I was so busy or just taking better care of my body by like going to some classes and all of that. And, and within like the past couple months, um, actually within, probably within, after I did Hamilton, um, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to keep improving myself in different ways, mm-hmm. um, and not put a cage on me of being like I I can't do this. I, I think, I think that kind of success of being able to 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 be like I'm in a good spot right now. Um, I have great people around me. Um, I can enjoy my life, or I can I I don't have to be doing exactly one thing. Um, I can branch off and, and do a bit of what I wanna do sometimes mm-hmm. um, is good, yeah. and that's probably more successful. So I, now I would agree with you. I was like, yeah, I am successful and I'm in a good place and I feel better mentally, as opposed to being like, grindstone, 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 and, and used to that that kind of lifestyle, Yeah, I think. I don't know if that fully answered your question. No, I think that's beautiful. That's a
2: beautiful <laughs> insight into your definition of success. Hey.
1: Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family.
2: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And the very last question mm-hmm. before we close out, you get one question to ask me. Oh, What would you want to ask?
0: Cute. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> hmm. I guess I would want to know what your experience is like, because um, from Singapore, mm-hmm. um, and and you were I know you were here for a l- little bit with K-pop, but then went back and did um, is it Apex no uh-huh. Apex um, for acapella, and I guess how how are you since you were, have performed in both in uh, two different countries, um, seeing similarities, differences, what were uh, did you enjoy one over the other or or um, what have you gained from those two things that I think I've, that you would love taking love for you to take forward um, mm. and that like are gems that you're like, this is, this is important to me or that oh you know, this question is so
2: hard. Sorry. <laughs> Actually, in Singapore, I started performing in Singapore at a, at a pretty young age, mm-hmm. like, since I was 16 or so. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I've, I've been performing in Singapore for a while. Wow. Um, but, uh, the thing about Singapore is that Singapore is very uh, interested in the here and now, the pop culture, the right now. So, okay. like, people watch a lot of TV, mm-hmm. people are very in touch, in tune with um, the things that are uh, basically pop culture. So, like, We had, like, our American Idol, but, like, Singapore Idol type of thing. Mm -hmm. The English version and the Chinese version. We have have a lot of, like, uh, reality TV. People are kind of obsessed with um, the celebrities in Singapore. Mm -hmm. It's very Asian in terms of, like, chasing the cute boys and the cute girls Uh kind of thing. (laughs) Uh That kind of culture. And versus America, it's... uh, there is a niche market for storytelling type people, mm, so like mm-hmm. the Sarah Bareilles, the Jason Mraz, yeah, um, but not like the big Jason Mraz hits, but like you know his other material, like his mm-hmm. more intimate material, yeah. And in Singapore, if you wanted to make it big, you really kind of have to do the pop thing, like okay. you have to do the indie pop thing. And for me, what I what I realized as I kept doing more and more music is that that is not something that I gravitate towards mm-hmm. i mean i i i'm i have a very contemporary sound of a very yeah. pop sound but the type of stuff that i like to do the type of stuff that i like to write and sing mm-hmm. are very story based are cool. very and, and that's even in america that's very niche i mm-hmm. think like musical theater storytelling based right. music um singer songwriter type stuff mm-hmm. um but that is something that i over the years i, I realized i've gra- gravitated towards and so I love what Singapore has given to me in mm-hmm. terms of my growth as an artist, but it's also just a small country. And there's if if only one percent of the population listens to storytelling music, then only like I don't know a small 80%, eighty percent, eighty thousand people. If 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 even right. listens to storytelling music versus like America, if even if it's one percent, that's still a pretty big population that yeah. listens to that. Okay. So I would say like. It's not, I mean, I'm here in America, and I think the reason, and I had to leave Apex because my mm-hmm. projects here were getting really, really time-consuming and really yeah. overwhelming. And I think it's like knowing that this path is the path that I wanted to go down because I did the tour back in 2016, 2015, mm-hmm. 2016, where I went around the country and like told my own story, mm-hmm. not in a narcissistic way, but like in a way that, that, that people related to that I didn't expect them to relate to, mm. and that's the reason why I'm doing this podcast. That's the cool. reason why I do the work that I do. At, at least that's what I tell myself. Yeah. I don't know if it's true, but <laughs> but I think I think people benefit from listening to other people's experiences mm. and uh, their life, and in whatever form that is in yeah. in a piece of art, in a piece of drawing, in in a piece of in a song, in a show, whatever medium it is, yeah. is an expression of someone's experience. And if mm. that is the case. Um, I think America has been more receptive to that. And I I certainly wish that my Singapore peers, uh, people who follow me and all that, Mm -hmm. I hope they open up to that um, and open their minds up to that to just step outside of their comfort zone. Yeah. Going back to the idea of like people are scared of what they don't know. Mm hmm people are not super exposed to theater because it's not mainstream. Oh, I had this I had this conversation with one of my friend's boyfriends and uh-huh. and they were like, well, you want something to be mainstream so you can reach the most amount of people. I, I think that's true. Mm-hmm. But then it's also like, are the most amount of people the people that is your target audience? Like oh. the people who are intended, who, who you intend to share this with? That's a great insight. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Right? And, yeah, yeah. and if you have... You know, a hundred people who really give a shit about what you do. Mm -hmm. Who's to say that is not more important than the millions of people who care for that hot second and then forget about you the next? Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think it's like, let's find the balance between that. Right? Absolutely. And um, so I think I love what Singapore has given me, and I also love what America has to offer. But who knows what the future will bring? I don't. I don't know. Something great. I hope. (laughs) I think. Did you like that episode of East Side Story? If you did, follow us on Instagram at East Side Story Pod and at Chiang Music. Go on to Apple Podcasts, rate us, review us, and don't forget to subscribe. Or if you're a Spotify user, you can also click the follow button. Even better, you can tell someone about the podcast. And the best part, they don't even have to be Asian. Thank you so much for your support,
0: and I'll see you next week.